everyone. Welcome uh welcome back to Capes and Japes. Uh starring Olivia and Briar and the oak tree Briar is currently podcasting <laughs> to. My microphone is in a different place, so it is, uh behind my microphone is a window with my neighbor's oak tree and a bunch of wind and rain visible. So if you hear, like, you know, trees creaking, that's just our special guest, the oak tree and the wind and the rain. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really special. Um, it's a very s- special nature episode. Uh, but j- just, just in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> Not in any of the episode content. <laughs> I was, I was going through the, like, terrible half-redacted rolodex of my mind like is this is is this nature related what we are talking about today i didn't think so but maybe you found something i didn't know which is (laughs) always a possibility i mean i i did find some stuff that neither of us knew but most well one of them is maybe sort of a little bit nature related um yeah Anyways, we are, um, we're gonna wrap up the Manhunters this week by talking about the remaining miscellaneous Manhunters <laughs> who are not Kate Spencer or some iteration somehow of Paul Kirk. <laughs> there's too many Paul Kirks, and there's also too many Manhunters. There's way too dang many of of these guy for especially for someone who's not like really a legacy hero right like although i guess with a legacy hero you would have to like wait for one character to either like beef it or retire or some miscellanea comics bullshit so i guess with like it's it's easier to have more men hunters than let's say the flash because like you know there's there's the first guy and then there's the second guy from a different universe and then there's his uh protege and then (laughs) there's some time travel shenanigans um so you get that fourth guy and you know it's just it's just one of those things but with manhunter you could have so many of those at any given time, anywhere, it just, it, it, with with truly with no warning. Um. Anyways, we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna d- explain some of these guys. Probably we're gonna talk the most about Mark Shaw because he has the most about him. Uh, besides the Paul Kirks and the Kate Spencers. Um, but. We've mentioned Dan Richards a couple of times. Um, so Dan Richards was a character who was created for Quality Comics, which was a comic book publisher that eventually DC bought and folded some of its characters into DC continuity. Um, Dan Richards' backstory... Uh, was that he was a police officer. He was attending um, police academy with his girlfriend's brother. Um, 
And I was kind of hoping was... that it was just going to be with his girlfriend. Yeah, fun couples activities. Become cops. <laughs> um, Do not try this at home, kids. <laughs> uh, and he was... Dan was not very good at Police Academy, um, but his girlfriend's brother got framed... Uh, for a crime he didn't commit, um, and Dan decided to clear his name and uh, took up this I- vigilante identity of Manhunter. Um, back in the 40s, when your backstory could simply be clearing the name of my girlfriend's brother and not something way, way, way more complicated than that, which d- it almost always is now. <laughs> um, in his, like, solo adventures at, uh, Quality Comics, he fought criminals, he fought Nazis, obviously, it was the 40s, every superhero was fighting Nazis. Um, some, like, kind of weirder, um, supervillains, uh, uh there's, like, a, a, female crime boss with a whip whose name was Red Kate, um, who sounds rad. Um, <laughs> I love, some... I love a very specific weapon that has nothing to do with your villain name. <laughs> no, nothing to do with your name or your theme, but it's cool as hell and, uh, you want it. So that's, it's valid. Um, but, uh, after um, Quality Comics got bought by DC, Dan Richards got incorporated into continuity. And in the 80s, when uh, DC was publishing All-Star Squadron, which was a comic book about superheroes during like World War II, they included the Dan Richards Manhunter as well as the Paul Kirk Manhunter. And they were fighting over who uh, should get to be named Manhunter, and then eventually they were both Manhunter and they just went and joined separate teams. But, uh, he, um, doesn't do, like, a whole lot until Millennium, which is, we've talked about this a couple times now, with they, uh, bring in this whole concept of the, like, the android Manhunters, and, like, them secretly being, like, a cult that has these, you know, like, hidden operatives on Earth. And one of the things they establish is that Dan Richards' dog, Thor, who's been, like, accompanying him on all of his, like, Manhunter adventures since the Golden Age, was actually, um, a robot sent by the Manhunters to watch him. Um, and in the, the paragraph on the DC fan wiki that talks about this, um, I'm extremely curious if this is referencing, like, quoting something that's said in the comics, or if it's just, like, some, like, fan wiki writer with a grudge, um, 
Richard's sidekick was a dog named Thor, who decades later turned out to be an android sleeper agent of the Manhunters. Parentheses, much to the horror of Richards, who had seemingly not had the dog checked out by a vet at any time in the last 47 years, or wondered why it never got any older. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely somebody at the fan wiki, but he was horrified and shocked and confused. <laughs> it's okay. I, I had um, a similar thought. I was like, man, did you never, like, did this dog <laughs> never go to the vet? Like... <laughs> Like, it is, it's so hard to have a robot dog and not know it's a robot. Like, you would take it to the vet to get, like, its annual shots or whatever, and they'd be all like, yo, your dog is metal. This, this is a metal dog. This dog doesn't need a rabies shot. It literally cannot contract rabies. It is not organic. This is not a mammal sir um it's like it's very funny to me to think that uh somebody was like they're right but like out of all of the things in comics that don't make sense that you could get worked up about to be like i ha i have to draw the line at this man not realizing his dog was a robot for 40 years I mean, I have to let the world know that this is nonsense. It's one of those things that we do, we do do this often, I feel like, on the pod. Where it's like, did, it's clearly a choice that someone in editing made. Like, hey, wouldn't it be weird if his dog, like, this whole time was a Manhunter sleeper agent to uh to keep an eye on him? And they're like... Oh yeah, sure. And then don't look back at continuity to make sure that he's never like had to take the dog to the vet or like it's never gotten injured or anything like that. They're just like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Nobody's gonna that remember this good. dog anyway. Yeah, I mean, this, nobody ca nobody cares about Dan Richards except for the one guy editing this fan wiki who was so mad. Anyways, Dan does not have a. Uh, too much of a presence in DC after being sort of uh, incorporated in. Sorry, Dan. Um, just like aside from the the Millennium thing, he might make a couple of other appearances. Um, his uh, granddaughter is briefly um, a supervillain called Harlequin, not Harley Quinn. <laughs> A, a different female Harlequin Harlequin themed supervillain. Um, I I'm try I'm I'm googling furiously to figure out if this is the one that uh, married Golden Age Green Lantern. Uh. I, there ha there have been a few it, it there have been a few Harlequins so. Possibly one of the other ones. Possibly, possibly. Um, but that, anyways, that, um, that would be wild. <laughs> uh, ultimately, uh, Dan is killed by Mark Shaw, um, <laughs> our next Manhunter who we're going to talk about. Um, sorry, Dan, rest in peace. Uh, Mark... Shaw is 
we talked about so mark shaw first shows up in a jack kirby comic um a jack kirby story in uh an anthology series called first issue special that just like introduced like a bunch of new characters and he is this is the thing where it's like he's introduced as like receiving the manhunter gear from a much older manhunter who is like probably supposed to be paul kirk but they already have that story going about how paul kirk was like you know at like put in stasis and cloned a bunch of times and now he's like a super spy so they're like, uh, yeah, there's just also this old guy, I guess. But um, Mark Shaw is introduced in, like, the mid-70s, around the same time that the Manhunter androids are created. And I, cu I couldn't figure out. So this is before the issue of Justice League that really, like, gets into, like, explaining the Manhunters and where they came from and all of that. But I, I couldn't figure out if the Manhunters, the robots, are, like, in some way, like, introduced in this, like, Jack Kirby story, and then later they just expand on them, or if the Jack Kirby story just mentions some Manhunters. And later they're like, yeah, they are androids uh, created by the Guardians of the Universe. Um, so if anyone knows that, uh, let me know. I don't know if anyone does because I don't... I mean, obviously some people do. I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast has a particular interest in Manhunter. <laughs> but if so... Please tell me. Please answer this conundrum. If the Manhunters are your special interests, call us at, at <laughs> adline number, adline number, adline number. <laughs> you may be entitled to financial <laughs> compensation. Yeah, honestly, if the Manhunters are your special interests, you probably are entitled to financial compensation because it is extremely confusing and it seems like it might not be very rewarding. <laughs> to be engaged with as is as is the case with many things in comics um but mark shaw sort of like kate spencer in his first appearance is a um he's a lawyer he is a public defender um and he's disillusioned with the justice system but specifically because he thinks too many criminals are getting away with their crimes. <laughs> you know what we need? More carcination. That'll solve it. In fact, why don't we put every single person in their own individual cell, and then nobody will get any crimes because nobody will ever be able to perceive or touch another person. <laughs> the Manhunter way. The, the Manhunters have done it again. Um, for the record, there are too many people getting away with crimes, but all of those people are billionaires. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you were a manhunter specifically of billionaires, oh, you would be valid. I would, I, oh my goodness. Hey, DC, we've got a great pitch hey, for DC. you. 
<laughs> we know you already have like 28 Manhunters, but we do have a new one. No, no. This one's called the Tax Man. <laughs> he is a vigilante specifically going against billionaires and making sure that they pay their fair share in taxes and don't get away with their many, many crimes against humanity. Yeah. Also, he's John Kent wearing a different costume. <laughs> but you won't find that out until, like, issue 50. Yeah. Because his boyfriend comes, it, like, shows up in the background and, <laughs> babe, not now. I'm doing tax <laughs> and stuff. You're like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Is this John? <laughs> he hasn't used any of his superpowers this whole time. Not noticeably. He's been training with Damien to do non-powered things. Yeah. God. Nobody can know it's Superman, therefore he has to not use any Superman powers. <laughs> hey, that guy should just use the tax bit. The tax man has laser vision. Are we sure that's not just Superman in disguise? It's like a lot of people have laser vision, okay? Why would that be Superman? I don't know, he kind of sounds like Superman too, and that domino mask doesn't cover as much as he thinks it does. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is a different guy. Alright, if you say so. God. Um, anyways... So, Mark Shaw um, wants uh, wants criminals to stop getting away with stuff so often, and is introduced by his uncle to this manhunter cult, who are space robot cops. <laughs> Unclear if in this first issue, Jack Kirby is writing them as space robot cops, or just as... A, a weird sect of manhunters. My guess is weird cult. <laughs> My, it it seems like there's like also this this thing where he like he uses this like magic medallion to contact them, which makes me think it was written as more of a magic thing, and then they made them robots. But regardless, it is. Pretty shortly after this that, like, the whole Manhunter backstory is, like, introduced anyways. So, it doesn't super matter. But, uh, the Manhunters, after this, like, first appearance of Mark Shaw Manhunter, he does get his own standalone series in the 80s where he is working with the Manhunters um, to try and find criminals, but they're also, like, uh, manipulating him because, um, they're trying to get revenge on the guardians of the universe. He eventually realizes, uh, that they're basically using him and goes off on his own. Um, he, for a little while, he is, um, operating as a superhero called the Privateer. Um, love that for him. Love that for him. It's also an excellent outfit, if you've ever seen it. <laughs> I have, and it's great. Um, in an incredibly confusing turn of events, he 
approaches a supervillain named Key, K-E-Y, like, um, with locks, because he wants to be a supervillain, unclear on, on the, the why, or, like, what led him to this, but he approaches Key and has this idea for a supervillain called the Star Tsar. S-T-A-R hyphen T-S-A-R. I think I said this when, like, we first, when we were talking about Kate, because I can't get this, I I can't decide if this is the worst supervillain name or the best supervillain name of all time. I hate saying it and reading it, but also, it might rule. Um, but there's this, like, unbelievably complicated, like, series of switcheroos where they're like, um, the, uh, Justice League, uh, encounters the, the Star Tsar, and they're trying to figure out who it is, um, and they unmask him, and it's Snapper Car, who, reading this, I was like, oh, we should talk about Snapper Car, so maybe next week <laughs> that's who we can do, um, they unmask him and they find out that it's Snapper Car. And and then after this, um, Snapper Car gets kidnapped by the actual Star Tsar, who uh and like the the Justice League tracks him down, and then they also get captured, and the real Star Tsar is like, oh, it's it's me, the key, who had like seemingly died, I think, and now it's like he survived, but his, like, his body has been, like, deformed, and now he has a little tiny body, but a normal size head, um, and Wild. he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, it's me, I, um, I'm the Star Tsar, I gave Snapper Car <laughs> all of the, the supervillain equipment, but I was running the whole thing from the background, and then... <laughs> Red Tornado is like, actually, that's not true. It's Mark Shaw who came to the key to because he wanted to be a supervillain, and then they used Snapper Car to <laughs> commit some, like, some of the starts are crimes, but not all of them. So they're basically framing. Snapper car as the stars are. <laughs> I hate that they rhyme. But also, I I do I do hate it. Also, it's so from my understanding of reading this summary, they had Snapper Car being the Star Tsar, and then the key also built a robot Star Tsar. I don't know that Mark Shaw ever <laughs> Like, did any of the starts are crimes? <laughs> okay, I hate it. It's the worst supervillain name of all time. Now that I've had to say it this many times, I'm like, it sucks. <laughs> um, so I truly don't, like, I don't know what Mark Shaw was actually doing <laughs> in all of this, besides maybe just having a fun idea for a villain name. <laughs> um, Mark Shaw just like, hey, I'm gonna make up a guy. <laughs> I'm gonna make up a guy for everyone else to get mad at. Um, 
he um he is he's arrested for making up a guy. Um <laughs> but he does um authors beware. <laughs> making up a guy now illegal. Um he joins the suicide squad for a little bit and um he gets released. He starts like operating as the privateer again and working like basically as a bounty hunter in that way where he's very like, oh, I, I don't care. I'm just doing this for the money. But then actually he does care and wants to do the right thing. And then um, there's, there's this storyline where, a a, okay, a bunch of really, a bunch of really stupid stuff happens. <laughs> so towards like, um, hashtag comics. Yeah. Um, he is, um, his family is threatened by shape-shifting assassins, um, named Dumas, who are, um, part of the Order of St. Dumas, which is the, like, assassin group that, um, Azrael came from, and he kills the first one, and then they send another guy also named Dumas. And he kills him, too, at the end of his, like, solo Manhunter series, um, and then retires as Manhunter because he's, like, you know, these, like, assassins are threatening my family. That's messed up. Then, um, there's a whole thing where he, um, he's, he's part of the team that goes to fight Eclipso, and then he seemingly dies, and then it turns out that Actually, he was undercover at the time that everybody was fighting Eclipso. He was pretending to be Dumas off somewhere doing undercover stuff. And they sent a guy pretending to be Mark Shaw to go fight Eclipso. And that guy died. Whoops. Um, this is a, Starge Steel sent along a ringer in Mark's place. The ringer thus only appeared once and is not known to have done anything but attack Eclipso and die as a result. Don't you hate what a, it? What a... <laughs> when you attack Eclipso and die as a result. <laughs> and that's the only thing you've ever done in your life. <laughs> a truly relatable experience. We've all been there. Um, so in the Kate Spencer Manhunter series, um... Mark Shaw shows up. They go, like, more into the kind of the Order of St. Dumas stuff. Um, because he's being, he's, like, approached by them to become the new Azrael. But it's also revealed in this series that actually Mark Shaw was Dumas. And at some point was brainwashed by the U.S. government into having a, like, alternate supervillain identity that he wasn't aware of. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. Um, so I think they, um, I think they also, they retcon out some parts of his backstory as being programmed by the government. Um, but I'm not sure exactly which and then also in the new 52 he uh takes over leviathan after um talia leaves it 
So he's just, he's a, just a busy, busy boy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to now. I don't know what he's, uh, what he's been, been doing in Rebirth. Um, but, uh, God. Um, anyways, um, there's also, I don't know, this, maybe most, no, I don't know if this is the, the most confusing one. Um, in the mid-90s, there's, there's another one. Unrelated to any of the previous Manhunters, or to seemingly the Manhunter androids, um, as part of Zero Hour, which is, um, the sort of Flashpoint-ish event in, like, the mid-90s where, um, evil Hal Jordan tries to rewrite continuity, except it doesn't really work, whereas with Flashpoint it worked. But there's, like, this standalone miniseries about this man named Chase Lawler, who, uh, is a musician, and <laughs> he, uh, is trying to help his ex-girlfriend, who signed a deal with these record executives who he doesn't like, and they ruined, like, Chase's brother's life, um... And he tracks down a, a wizard <laughs> named Dr. Malig, um, who says, yes, I know how you can help your girlfriend not get involved with this record deal with these shady people. You gotta summon the wild huntsman from Celtic mythology. Okay. Um, and he says, yeah, okay, um, and he summons this being, and then, um, it's like, he has to, like, defeat him in order to gain his powers, um, and he, uh, pretty immediately regrets this because this um ancient primordial celtic demigod like kills <laughs> kills the record executives and then um also just wants to kill his like like sort of drive his mo is that he like hunts the lonely um oh. so Chase is trying to stop him from just killing a bunch of people, and he, um, hi, yeah, do you have questions about this? Because I have a lot of them. I hunt the lonely. Uh, well, mm, when, when was this coming out? Hopefully not during, uh, some sort of global pandemic where everybody had to stay inside. <laughs> distanced from other people uh that would be that would be too much on <laughs> god yeah that would that would listen if i was dealing with a global pandemic and then also would... there was a mysterious celtic being 
Imagine, trying to kill me. Imagine getting that, like, push notification. Breaking news. Ancient Celtic demigod. Released from bonds. Now hunting the lonely. And you're just sitting in your house like, well, shit. I, God damn it. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I, uh, but I feel like it's also at the point where it's like, well, this might as well happen. <laughs> Everything else is going wildly weird. Maybe I should just, you know, like, call a friend and we can keep each other company and then just, like, do that for a while. Just until this yeah, Celtic God thing happens. Like, blows over. Um, God. So, what happens, from what I can gather, is that the Huntsman tries to kill Chase's brother. And then Chase has to kill his own brother to prevent um the Huntsman from killing him more brutally. And because he killed someone the Huntsman was going to kill... It's like he stole his prey, and then he gets all of the huntsman's powers. Um, and then he's like, well, I didn't actually want these at all, but I guess maybe I can try and use them to just hunt um, criminals and not uh, kill people. But, like, he keeps, he keeps getting compelled to, like, hunt people. Um, a um bunch of stuff happens at the um a bunch of stuff does happen it's just i think that's that's just such a comics mood a bunch of stuff happens anyway anyway we um, must move on oh my god okay yeah i (laughs) i forgot how this goes so he encounters mark shaw um well, Mark Shaw is in sicko mode. Um, <laughs> well, he's 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 in his his Dumas personality, um, and he uh, they fight, and uh, Mark kills him or seemingly kills him, um, and then snaps out of it, uh, like saves his life by doing CPR, um. What did but he kill him with that CPR helped? That's a great question. That's one of many questions that I have. Because <laughs> it's like because he temporarily killed him, the Manhunter powers go from Lawler to Mark, and then he doesn't have them anymore. He's like, well, see ya. <laughs> um, next paragraph of this fan wiki page. Only none of that was true. The government had seen Lawler as the perfect test subject and put Manhunter nanites in the needle the one time he tried drugs. A side effect of the drugs created the wild huntsman in Lawler's mind, which drove him insane. He performed missions for a time for the government until Shaw reappeared as Dumas, killed the huntsman, and disappeared again. I hate this. I don't like any of that. How did they put... Although... (laughs) Did some... (laughs) Hey, kid, do you want some drugs in this preloaded needle? (laughs) Like, yeah, like, what? (sighs) 
This seems fine and this, normal. Truly, this backstory um feels like <laughs> it feels Tumblr like a dare program. Like, it feels like a dare program, and it also feels like that Tumblr post that's like, I love when I learn a new thing that's immediately refuted in the same post. Net zero information. <laughs> like i've gained nothing i've gained nothing from this and now you've all gained nothing because you <laughs> have learned it from me um lawler is later killed by shaw for real um around the <laughs> same time that um shaw kills dan richards because he's um in his Dumas persona, and he's on a killing spree, and he's killing a bunch of former Manhunters. But uh, <laughs> do you think he got? It, do you think he got to him, and he's like, "Man, why did I even give this guy CPR? <laughs> Got to do this all over again." I should I should have just done it the first time. Good thing I'm 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 full evil now, and I'm not gonna snap out of it and try to save a guy's life. <laughs> um, Note to self. No CPR. And that's not like N-K-N-O... I can spell. K-N-O-W. It's just N-O. No CPR. <laughs> N-O. N-O-C-P-R. Don't... Don't do it. Forget CPR, in fact. Never use it again. <laughs> if you have learned it, erase it from your mind. But only if you're Mark Shaw. <laughs> If you know CPR, congratulations. <coughs> Bad time to cough. Oh no. Somebody Talk here needs CPR. I do not. I just... <coughs> I think I inhaled something. J just a tiny something. It's possible it was a cat hair. <laughs> oh, rip. Um, there's also a um, future Manhunter, unrelated to any of the other Manhunters. Does this um, one uh, hunt futuremen? Yeah. <laughs> um, his name is Starker, and he has a um, series called Manhunter 2070 that takes place in the year 2070, um, where he's a um, he's a bounty hunter in order to like avenge his father who was killed by space pirates. Um, this, he's, from everything I can tell, he's not involved with any of the other stuff. Well, if I'm gonna kill these space pirates for revenge, I might as well get paid to do it. Yeah, honestly. You know, it's, it's all about that hustle. So sad that by 2070, we are in space with space pirates, but we have not escaped capitalism and grind culture. <laughs> <laughs> no, or the carceral state. Ugh. Um. Comics not giving me high hopes for 50 years in the future. God, okay. I think with that, we have finished talking about the Manhunters. At, at the, probably at this point, like, it's next week, DC's gonna be like, we made up a new one. Not related to any of the previous ones in any way. They've got their own thing going on. Or if it's any anything like uh, any other news, as soon as we stop recording, DC's gonna be like, new Manhunter! Yeah, literally, uh, the, the, the instant <laughs> that we're gay. done. This one's gay. 
<laughs> New gay trans manhunter. <laughs> and we'll just be sitting here like, God damn it. God damn. New series. It's fucking every time. Every time. Um, we can never escape. Never. No man escapes the manhunters, but the men are us. And it's we don't escape having new manhunters to talk about. Um, for now, though, we have exhausted the manhunter well. Um, if anyone out there has more manhunter information, feel free to tell us, because... I know a lot of this was very confusing. It was very confusing to learn about. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully you, uh, experienced, uh, hopefully you got something new out of this. I sure did. Um, did you, uh, did you have anything, anything else? Uh, nothing about Manhunters, but I did read a comic this morning, because I was like, oh shoot, I should read a comic before work, so that I can talk about it for the podcast. And then I went into my backpack to see what I had recently gotten, um, post-packing, that, you know, I haven't, I haven't put into a box and sealed away until some nebulous future when I unseal it. Um, <laughs> so I read Blue and Gold number four, which... Love them. The entire, the entire issue is Ted and Booster giving a live interview where they talk about their new enterprise of being basically heroes for hire, but, like, for just really weird shit. Like... They're like, hey, were you abducted by aliens? We'll help you. <laughs> Do you have some weird stuff going on that you know that, like, normal people will not help you with and you don't know how to contact the Justice League? Give us a call. Like, a mix <laughs> of, like, Ghostbusters and Heroes for Hire. <laughs> um, Love them. Except the interviewer's like, so, how did you guys, like, become friends? And they both give two different accounts of the same event of, like, shortly after Booster joined the JLI. So JLI, 100% canon again now. <laughs> Uh, Great, thank you. Yeah, and then also Guy Gardner gets to show up in this one. So oh! you can imagine that I was pleased. I I am imagining. I am pleased on your behalf. Because Booster's like, I I saved Blue Beetle's life, and Boost and then Ted's like, no, I saved your life. This is how it went. And then it went back and forth like that. Until Guy just shows up, and he's like, both of you, ring, show them what happened. And they're like, you were there? And he's like, yeah, I was there, and I saved both your lives. Oh my god. Oh no, I love them! <laughs> and I'm just like, I, yes, good, 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 incredible, thank you for this. Um, 
a, um, a beautiful filler episode of a comics issue. Because <laughs> at the end, the, love- the antagonist is like, I'm gonna kill them. And it's like, you know what, honestly, fair? You <laughs> can't blame them. No, but, ugh. I, it's um, it's, it's I nice to have the, one that's, that's not a fight. It's just them bickering on live television. <laughs> Love that that's exactly the same narrative device as the recurring bit in uh, Tom King Batman, where Bruce and Selina argue about whether they met on a boat or on the street, um, but applied to Boostle. Um, I also read one comic. Um, look at us go. I Look at us. We're, we're doing it, folks. Um, I read the Nightwing annual um, co-starring Red Hood because um, it, it is Goddamn! It is it is Robin's era. Um, it is extremely good. Um, made me very emotional. Um, basically, Babs shows Dick some footage of seemingly Jason murdering an undercover FBI agent. Um, and then Dick goes to find Jason and help him clear his name. There's a very extre- extremely emo moment where he just, he goes and talks to him. He's like, hey, did you do it? And Jason's like, no. And Dick's like, okay. Jason's like, what, Just you just believe me like that? And Dick's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, um, no, they're brothers. They're brothers! But, but then, also, it's is also... it really that out of character for Red Hood to murder a man? That's the thing! <laughs> <laughs> like, why frame Red Hood for murder? Just, has, he, has he turned over a new leaf? Does he not kill people well, anymore? He doesn't use guns anymore. Um, that's been a recent development. I'm pretty sure he's still killing people. (laughs) (laughs) But this time he uses a knife. Yes, I I think the framing was more like, we want to, not like, we want to make Red Hood look bad, but we want to get rid of this guy and have someone to pin it on. But, uh, it is also intercut with a flashback of, um... Dick as Nightwing, um, and Jason, like, right after he became Robin, um, and them doing Alfred-mandated, um, sibling bonding. Yes. And it's extremely, extremely sweet. Um, it made me very emotional, um... I, I love I love Dick and Jason. I think it sometimes gets kind of underexplored as a as a Bat family relationship. So um this made me uh very happy. And if you like them, you'd probably also enjoy it. And it's an annual and it's not really connected to stuff that's going on currently in Nightwing, so you don't need to be caught up to Nightwing to read it. So um it's good. I'm 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 soft. I'm soft about them. And then I also caught up with uh with 
uh, the Batfam webtoon because I was behind and I got emotional about that too. So well, <laughs> here yes. we are. Bruce is just trying to be a good dad. And it's hard to be a He's good dad and Batman good... at the same time. I, um, that made me emotional. Also, I hadn't read the one that's him going to a party and remembering how bad it's been every time he tried to bring one of the kids to a yeah. party. <laughs> Which I'm obsessed with. <laughs> the panel of Jason just, like, asking a random woman, like, so hypothetically, if somebody killed your son... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I'm never bringing Jason back. Yeah. Oh, then my Tim God, just, like, so... passes out at the table. <laughs> <laughs> face first <laughs> Alfred's like he'd been up for 36 hours and Bruce is like which is why I told him not to come <laughs> and Cassie's just like on the roof and Bruce is like how did she get up there in heels I love them I love them I love them I love incredible them. I tried to ask Stephanie and she literally laughed in my face like yeah yeah <laughs> yep. that's them uh huh um, Alfred, you could go with me. Huh, you don't pay me enough. <laughs> I love them! Um, the only reason they didn't show Babs was because Babs would actually do well, I believe. Yeah, no, Babs would succeed. And they were like, oh, Duke's busy with, like, schoolwork. Because yeah. Duke would also be fine. <laughs> yeah, Duke, it's like, hey, can we ask Duke? Ah, uh, no, he's got a big project due tomorrow. <laughs> He's he's busy. Um. Anyways, it's good. It's a good web Very, tune. very good. It's 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 really just it's really just continues to be ideal. Um. Anyways, I think that's it. Uh, for us. If you want to keep up with us and see when we post new episodes, um, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. And Facebook, just find us at Capes and Japes on any of those platforms. You can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. If you want to explain any anything I talked about in this episode, please feel free. <laughs> um a lot of a lot of very baffling lore to me. We um have a Discord server that you are more than welcome to come and join us on and talk about comics and also talk about things that aren't comics. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Uh, you can get bonus episodes, watch stuff, help us pick what we talk about. Um, we, uh, if you can't support us on Patreon, but you want to support the show, uh, leaving a rating and review is very helpful. Um, also telling a friend about the show if you think they would be interested in it. Um, and just just coming back and joining us. Just as you have done once again uh, today for Capes and Japes. So thank you for being here. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, if you or a loved one have been affected by manhunters, you may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> God, I wish. God.